0: The Weekly Dish podcast is presented by Common Ground Minnesota. Food and farming conversations from Minnesota women in agriculture. Learn more at commongroundminnesota.com or follow them on Instagram at commongroundminn.
1: Hey, everybody. It's Steph March for Common Ground Minnesota, and I love talking about women in agriculture. The women of Common Ground Minnesota are volunteers who are volu- you know, taking their time to chat with you about what it's like to live on a farm and grow food in Minnesota. Here's some really great news about this group. They have just launched a newsletter that you can basically sign up for at commongroundminnesota.com, and you get the latest you know, events, giveaways, delicious recipes, all sorts of great stories from the farm. And I got to tell you, it's just a really cool thing to get into your inbox every month. And it's, it's kind of an, a way in. If you're wondering, like, I don't know what I'm going to ask when I go to Common Ground, Minnesota. Well, this is just an introduction and a way to get you guys to meet the farmers at Common Ground, Minnesota. The Common Ground Minnesota volunteers, remember, their goal is to be a resource for your food and farming questions. Don't forget, check them out on Instagram at commonground, commongroundminnesota.com.
0: We were fighting off the air. Yeah. That's <laughs> per how was. usual. Per Not usual. fighting, but, no! you know. discussing. All right. Someone had a question from before the break, and I can't remember what it Oh, here oh, it is. it was Suki and Mimi. Is. And it was the idea of what's happening there after... We after
1: they go and the the thing is, is that Anne has said that she's kind of rolling with the opens like everybody else and figuring out capacities and what makes sense. Eventually, she will do a normal sort of seating restaurant, you know, where there's uh where there's a menu and a la carte and all that kind of stuff. But the tasting menus are working right now because it's it's controlled and you know what you get. You know how many people are Probably coming lower labor, too. It's just easier. It's yep. just easier. So while she's waiting on the capacity changes, She is just kind of going with what she can do. So okay, it will open to be different.
0: All right. Thank you for weighing in on that. And Amber texted me over the break. She said, ladies, my 19-year-old son has come to me for advice. He's going on a first date today. And he's wondering where to eat. He needs a sit-down place in the West Metro all the way up to Brooklyn Park. Trying to think of somewhere fun, casual, and it's so nice out today. But they live up in Rush City, so she doesn't have any ideas for him. Wait, what? Is, so it's they want just outdoors, West Metro oh. outdoors because it's nice, somewhere fun and casual. I was thinking, Pig ate my pizza.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's kind of fun and casual, and it's kind of northwest. You know, Robbinsdale. Mm-hmm. But that's a good one. And you know what's great about Robbinsdale right now? Is like you could walk down to uh like if the date's going well, you could hit another Wicked Wart brewery with a patio. Or you could pop up to uh uh Marna's eatery, which has a great little patio, and get dessert, get some Trace Leigh Chase cake. So I think like that's a great cause it's kinda main streety, but it's not, you know, it's it's nice.
0: All right. I so Like I'm it. gonna. Good text idea. Her. While well, we're on the air well here, because I feel a nineteen-year-old son like first date. Come on, we gotta help. Yeah, the guy out.
1: Pizza is good because it's pizza and it's beer and it's you know yeah, it's and chill. it's slow. But like I said, you can still walk around the little
0: the hood. I like it. All right, so we are at the part of our show where we tell you two things that we are obsessed with this week.
2: Giving the old one two. One two. And now the weekly dish presents top two, top two, the top two.
3: Pick your best two.
0: In
2: All
0: right, give me two. All right. Stephanie. You want me to go first? Yes.
1: Okay, so my first one is actually going to be a bottle of wine. And it's not a specific bottle of wine. I'm going to ask you guys to support local restaurants by ordering a bottle of wine at your restaurant instead of bringing your own. (laughs) I know that a lot of people, it sounds like I've heard from a couple different restaurateurs that they're kind of like, there's a weird, like people have sort of maybe amassed their home winery, you know, bottles. And now they're bringing their, they're excited about the wine that they've had and they're bringing it to share with their friends at a restaurant. And I'm going to tell you that just restaurants have a lot of stock, a lot of bottles of wine that have been sitting and waiting for you to come back. So I would say, you know, I would just say if you, you want to find a way to make sure that you're supporting your restaurant, I would say then just definitely order something from their wine list because that's been sort of sitting there waiting for you to come back to. Because wine just sits, right? I mean, like it's cool to hang out, so a lot of okay. those places have.
0: Wouldn't have ever thought of that.
1: I know, and I think we're not people who technically bring wine to restaurants, right. so. But some of their some of our people are, and I just think that it's it's one of those things like save your bottles for your barbecues and your outside stuff, and then go support a restaurant by ordering. Alright. There you go.
0: Okay, my first one is, you know how you got obsessed a while back with Half-Baked Harvest, which is a great person to be obsessed with. Her Insta's amazing, and she's got great recipes. Yeah. I am feeling that same love and obsession with a man from Iowa, and his Insta is Wise W-Y-S-E Guide. And he has like 77,000 followers. Okay. He is the most adorable man. He... Has tons of recipes. He does Caleb wise Yes, his name. he's great. He's just a blogger.
1: He, he's more blogger. than just
0: a blogger. He's a blogger, and he lives on a farm in Ugh, Iowa. That looks idyllic. Yeah, so he's seasonal. So it's like the same. He's in the same cycle of cooking as we are in terms yeah. of like he's cooking right now with rhubarb, and he does great videos that his boy or I think his boyfriend or his husband takes the pictures and his family owns this farm and so he's got like all the perennials he's got the annuals he's out there making chive butter i mean See, i'm obsessed with this guy
1: i think i'm going to end up living in town for a couple years and then i'm going to go buy a farm
0: there <laughs> that's you go. probably how that's going to work cuz that that appeals to me. I'm gonna follow him. And too. he's got just his aesthetic is great, but he's real. Like he's not just totally fake. I don't know. I love the guy. Wise W Y S E guide. Okay. Wise guide. Okay. Um, I'm gonna shout out. Uh I'm gonna follow him quickly while we're seeing. Yeah, here. it's he's got just I love him. I mean, I, my friend turned me on to him and I can't stop. And I have now notifications turned on. So every time he posts something, I'm like, oh, he just posted. <laughs> oh my
1: god. That is okay. <laughs> I, I never got that crazy about half baked Harvest. half baked Harvest. Well, part and part of of now too. I feel like everything is the same from her. So now I've moved on.
0: Oh, and part of me too is
1: because I'm doing
0: this cookbook writing. Like right. I'm very interested in like recipes and how people are using social media to promote their stuff. Yeah. But also I'm so limited. Like I'm just, I can never be those people. Right. It's too much time.
1: I know. It's true. Um, okay, my second thing is going to be uh it's Brother Justice distillery, actually. Which if you haven't been going to you know, what I mean, that's that's one of those things I think we're all sort of like, should we go? Should we not go? Brother Justice is a really beautiful space and it's very kind of it's in an industrial park, kind of Columbia Heights ish. Um I think it's Columbia Heights, right? Columbia? Per- Columbia Potentially. Heights? Yeah That's what it's called. Columbia yeah. Heights. And I and it's a whiskey distillery, but it is I just want to say that like If you want to go and hang out in just sort of a beautiful space, that's just, uh, it's just very calming, you know, to me, I think. And they have cocktails. They have all sorts of different cocktails. I've been drinking a lot of highballs lately, (laughs) which I know is like... Basically, I thought you were drinking highballs all along. I have been, but like a lot lately. Okay. Yeah. Which is my way of like having a whiskey drink when it's like, I don't really want a huge whiskey drink and I don't really want it to be, you know, I just want something light. And I've been, I'm, this is the weirdest thing. I'm just out of wine right now. And I don't have, I know, I know I don't have any wine in my house. And so what I have is whiskey everywhere. And so I've been, I've been drinking down this brother justice bottle that I have with just a little bit what is so funny what I just sneezed oh that was a sneeze I, thought you sorry. Were laughing. I tried to
0: get to the cough button sorry I thought I you were laughing you at me like no
1: okay well um anyway back to my <laughs> cocktail so the idea of having just a shot of brother justice whiskey and a little bit of soda water because it's sort of that elegant sip that you were talking about that you don't have to worry too hard about about getting completely juiced by you're done making your meal highball yeah so the highball and then the brother justice whiskey which is of course uh a locally made whiskey that is um up in clubby heights i'm sorry i'm just trying to find they are having actually a tasting of single malt stuff and they're going to do some more of these kind of things as they're opening up which is i think wonderful so
0: i love that when you said a highball first of all i'm assuming that you're always drinking highballs but the second part of this is all i think about was my grandma Because, like, our our grandmas talked about, like, can I get you a highball? Okay. Was that in your family? No. uh Because, yeah, our grandma Eleanor, whenever my dad, so it was a second marriage and my dad would come around, she was always plying him with highballs. Really? (laughs)
1: Yes. Yeah, it's a very, it was a very, it was a very uh, big trend of, you know, in the 50s and 60s. You know, it was very in that cocktail sort of boom thing. And I love that, but it is, it is the Japanese have completely like with their whiskey fascination have, they have the highball machines, which you, by the way, you can find one at the Hewing Hotel and it is the bubble that it gets into your drink. So this is a whiskey soda is basically what we're talking about. And a highball is just, it's usually served in a tall glass with maybe a little bit of a lemon twist if you want. But I got to tell you the bubble on the, on the soda is of course, of course the Japanese have perfected it like to the point where it is the most elegant bubble That you will ever find. Not the big fat bubbles, just the really smooth. I like it. Sharp bubbles.
0: All right. This is a quick one. And I fell into the TikTok hole. Pesto eggs on TikTok. Have you made them? No. I don't watch
1: TikTok. Okay. I don't either,
0: but I did for five seconds and pesto eggs turned me on. Okay. So it's basically you put some pesto in a pan and then you crack two eggs in it and then you hard boil them or excuse me, hard fry them. And then you have a little uh, kosher salt, and it looks delicious, and everybody's making pesto eggs and serving them on toast. Okay. Wait a minute. So, so wait, it's just fall into the pesto and- egg tick tock hole Okay. No, it's pesto first, and then the oil provides enough lubrication that you can then fry the eggs in the pesto, oh. and then you serve them on a piece of avocado toast. Oh. Pesto eggs. Oh. It's, I couldn't stop. Okay. Sorry, and I'm going to make them for lunch today. Okay. Okay. There you All go. All right. And there we go. We're going to go ahead and we'll be right back. We've got a guest that's going to talk to us about a new emergency food shelf. And later we have Isaac Becker. So stay tuned. Oh yes, on Weekly Dish. Hello, dishers. Are you wondering if it's time to sell your house? Are you hearing about the hot market and wondering if you should start looking? I am so glad I did. I worked with Carrie Elkst and Sue Durfee to sell my townhome and buy a single-family home in Golden Valley. You can get so much more for your money. Interest rates are so low, you can spend up to 20% more on a house and have a similar payment that you could have had three years ago. It's also never been a better time to sell because there are way more buyers than there are sellers. I was just looking at condos with Ellie and she can buy for cheaper than she could rent. When it's time she's going to need someone that will know the first time buyer programs and how to present the best offer. I think I told you we had multiple offers on both the buyer side and the seller side when we sold our townhome, and Carrie and Sue's experience was invaluable in getting the deal done. Things like when you can close, cash up front, and other factors can help secure your offer when it's not necessarily the highest offer. Ask Carrie and Sue for the hot dish special they are offering only to Weekly Dish listeners. If you you're in the market to buy and sell a home, find Carrie Aux and Sue Durfee at CarrieandSue.com at Lakes Area Realty. They represent buyers and sellers all over the Twin Cities and really love Weekly Dish and would love to help you buy or sell your next home. All right, we have a great guest with us today. We are going to be talking with Jessica Francis. She is from Today's Harvest, which is a Christian Cupboard emergency food shelf, and they've just opened a location in Oakdale that is stocked with rescued food from area grocery stores. Hi, Jessica. How you doing?
4: I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on this morning. Yeah, you guys opened in the last week,
0: and it seems like this would be something that we would have had before, but are you one of the first people that is rescuing food from grocery stores and creating a
4: market? So the, a lot of food shelves have been rescuing Rescuing food from um, grocery stores and in fact our, our food shelf Christian cupboard has been doing that for a while. But what we're doing now with today's harvest is something different and it's something that um, hasn't um, ever been done in Minnesota before and that's providing it in this kind of a market model that makes it so simple and easy for people to just walk in, pick up the items that, um, that they need um, and get those get those items with, um, very few questions. Um, any, it's open to anyone. It's open six days a week. It's really a market. So, um, and so that is what's different.
0: So is it like, I know you just said this, but I'm going to reiterate it cause I'm slow. You just like, you are uh food insecure and you need to go and provide a meal for your family. And so you go up to Oakdale and you go into, uh, the store and you are able to grab, produce, and things that are healthy, not just packaged goods?
4: That's right. So you, uh, you walk in our door and we, um, we hand you a shopping cart. You can go and pick out fresh fruits and vegetables, um, meat items. Uh, there's, there's dairy and deli and um, other items that have been donated by local grocery stores um, and some bakery items. And then uh all we do is we ask a few simple questions about your zip code and how many um, people are in your household and uh and then you can head out i mean we t- We're trying to make the food as absolutely as accessible as possible because um these items uh, are are healthy and they're great, but they only have a few days left of their life um, and so we want we just want them to make it uh easy for people to come and get these items while they um while they're still good.
1: And Jessica, do you so if people are in does it do they have to be within a certain zip code or are you just tracking to figure out where people are coming from?
4: We we just simply have to report that okay. um to to our partners. Sure. Um, so absolutely anybody that walks in the door um, can grab a shopping cart and pick out what they need. There's there's no eligibility requirements to pick out these items.
1: And do you feel like you've seen an uptick recently? Have you feel like you've seen, you know, uh, or maybe like it's evening out a little bit? Or can you tell us a little bit about, you know, how what that the feels? Need is. Yeah.
4: Yeah, so right now we are um, already serving about double the number of um, people every day that we were expecting to serve. Wow. Um, And and so what we're seeing is that this is meeting a huge need um, already, um, that so many people, um, these are the the items that we're um, making it easy for people to get. These are the items that are expensive at the grocery store, you know, the milk and the meat and fresh produce. Um, those are the items um, that are really expensive, and and these are the the items that help people help stay healthy, and um, yeah. and so I loved. Uh, we're just delighted.
0: I loved that it really felt like I I mean, and I was just looking at pictures, but it really felt like a market. So. Like you're going to go in and instead of getting maybe a bag of food that is packaged food, you could like really go in and you know that you make chili, let's say, and you could go in and you could get the meat for the chili. And you could think about it like from an ingredient standpoint of what you would cook versus someone you giving something that maybe you wouldn't cook those boxed potatoes. You know what I'm saying?
4: Absolutely. Yep and and because we're serving such a diverse group of people and um and so many pe- different people with um you know that are going to be making their own recipes at home um are walking through our doors so by providing all these different fresh fruits and vegetables and different items um we're providing the raw materials and they can go and make the the, the food that works best for them it's really, Jessica,
0: how are you guys funded? You it's a you mentioned that it's a Christian cupboard, but that doesn't prevent someone who's a non-Christian from coming and supporting you, does it?
4: Yeah, absolutely. So the name of of our organization is Christian Covered Emergency Food Shelf. Um and so um but today's harvest is is a site of that and um absolutely all of our programs are are open to everybody. Um and uh so the funding that we receive um comes from all sorts of different people, you know, businesses and, um, and individuals, and this food um, is largely provided at no cost um, from the grocery stores, and then our partner at Second Harvest Heartland um, helps pick up some of this food from the grocery stores and delivers to us five days a week.
1: But it does look like you guys need volunteers and donations and I love the fact that you put it right out there that you can purchase 10 pounds of food for every dollar that you receive and I think that's you know that's such a powerful message because if someone can only give 20 bucks at least they know that it's having a difference.
4: Yeah, absolutely. We can make a we can make a big impact with the financial donations and the volunteers. I mean the, especially with today's harvest. Um you know, we have one uh, on-site manager of that location, but it's largely volunteers that are taking all, you know, those thousands of pounds of food we get in every morning and yeah. volunteers are sorting through it and getting it on the, on the shelves. And
1: yeah, um, time and is so, in this labor market where it's hard to hire too, it's like having the time, you know, if you're donating your time instead of donating cash, that's a very valuable resource right now.
4: It's, It's huge. Um, Those volunteers are are making a big difference for us and allowing us to um, make this work so that we can quickly get all of that food that comes in in the morning. And by noon, we have our store ready to open open and uh, available to the public. Um, And so it's funny that only happens with the volunteers.
0: Yeah. And we've seen like videos or documentaries about all the food waste that happens from a grocery perspective. And, you know, Second Harvest Heartland, I just got to shout them out again, too. Boy, they just keep showing up for our Twin Cities folks. I really appreciate what you guys are doing at today's harvest. And I want to talk a little bit that there is no shame. Yeah. No shame in having food insecurity. We have been through a pandemic. We have lost jobs. We have lost wages. We have suffered with just insecurity of knowing What is going to happen the next day? Are we supposed to wear masks? Are we not? Like there's so much anxiety Mm -hmm. and insecurity that people are feeling. Food should not be that. If you need food, you just go to this place and you get it and you feed your kids. And if you've got a little bit of extra, you can feed your neighbor's kids. Right. Don't. There's no shame. The shame is in not getting help. If it's like there's so many people that want to help. Let them let them help you.
4: Yeah, for sure absolutely i totally agree it's there's there's so many people that um that just need a little help um and and this food is available so that's what we're doing here we're just connecting those two
0: yeah and it's going to go to waste if you don't use it so if you need help go up there if a lot of people are what we call working poor you know you're yeah. working you're doing the best you can but it's just not well, making it and
1: sometimes if you know someone who is, you know, maybe housebound and isn't necessarily able to get out as much, you know, be that person who sends the note out into the neighborhood that says, hey, I'm going to the food shelf. What do what does everybody need? Yeah. You know, and load up for your yep. neighbors. You know, that's, that's a beautiful way to do things, too, I think.
0: Jessica, that's thank you idea. for your work. We have posted a link to your website. So if people want to volunteer and or you guys give are in Oakdale, Minnesota, right? in Oakdale. Yep. OK,
4: great. That's wonderful. Yes. Thanks, Jessica.
0: Thanks, Jessica. Thank you. Thank you very much. Absolutely. You're listening to The Weekly Dish. We're going to be right back and we are sponsored and brought to you by our friends at Hornitos who make all of this programming possible for you. We'll be right back. disher spring has sprung and that means the best tasting wild caught seafood is available from Sitka Salmon. You may have heard us talk about Sitka Salmon before on the show and that's because we are huge fans. Sitka Salmon standards for quality are unrivaled in the industry because you see Sitka Salmon is a community supported fishery. The fish they process for you to eat are caught by a collective of small boat fishermen, fisherwomen, and families. Some of these families have been fishing for multiple generations, and knowing the boat your fish comes from is not typical of most fish you buy. When you buy a sitka salmon share, you're getting the freshest quality fish you can, and you can trace the fish back to its source. With your share, you're part of the sitka family, and you get monthly fish shipments of salmon, lingcod, crab, tuna, halibut, and you get the freshest fish while it's in season. They even Have recipes, but I've been steaming my cod in my instant pot. The fish is so delicious, you don't even need to do much to serve it other than cook it and eat it. So, weekly dishers, here is how you get your $25 discount for the first month of a premium Sitka salmon share. Type sitka dot com backslash Weekly Dish and you save twenty five dollars. So save twenty five dollars on your box. Again, type Sitka S I T K A SalmonShares dot com backslash Weekly Dish and you save twenty five dollars. Hey
1: everybody, welcome back to Weekly Dish. Uh, we are being joined for the first time ever by one of the local luminary restaurateurs and the people that you guys have asked me more about in the last two years, I would say, than anybody. Mr. Isaac Becker. Are you there, Isaac? Yeah, hi. Hey hi. Chef. How's it going?
3: Good. Good.
1: Good. Um you got you literally have never been on the show and I think it's amazing that you're you're here with us today. And I feel like I should have just called you before and been like, <laughs> can you come on and answer the question, what's going on? Because so many people were just up in sort of just worry that weekly we would be getting emails. not coming back. And here's the news, you know, not only is it back, but you guys are opening for service, right? On June 1st. How crazy is that? It's been a year.
3: Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Uh, We're very excited.
0: I drove by, I'm sorry to just lament for one second, Birch, but I did drive by it just the other day and, that was a lovely restaurant, and I'm sad to see it go. But I'm excited to see about what you have going on moving forward. And you're bringing back bringing back the eggs. What eggs?
3: Uh, <laughs> Just, come yep, on, Stephanie. Back the eggs. <laughs> They won't be back until we open for full service, but yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. they'll be back. So tell us a little bit about, so we, we you and I talked earlier this uh, this season about, you know, the challenges of sort of staying closed, but I actually want to talk to you about the challenges of actually bringing things back, because Lord knows nobody just reopens a restaurant on a dime. So tell us a little bit about some of the things that you had to consider as you were thinking about going straight to takeout and then, and then thinking about opening indoors.
3: Well, um <clears throat> excuse me. Um opening for takeout started making sense when things seemed to get a little safer around here and also we get money from the government <laughs> to use but uh you can't use it unless you're open. Right. And so, you know, that's I i know i know it's been profitable profitable for a lot of people because or this time has been profitable because it had this money to use um and we needed the money to keep you know to keep the lights on but it's not forgivable if you don't
1: if you don't actually yeah take in business right
3: right
0: what what percentage of your employees would you say are coming back is that a difficulty for you that we're hearing about all this labor shortage
3: yeah, I mean, it it's, It seems to be harder for the front of the house right now than it is for the kitchen. One of the things that's making it easier to staff, though, is we're closed. We're going to remain closed Sundays and Mondays for a while, and just because of staffing. And that makes it a lot easier to write a schedule if we close two days a week. Right.
1: And are people wanting, are they thinking of it like they're kind of looking for more of like having an actual two day weekend, even if it's Sunday, Monday, is that a thing that you're finding people are feeling like they missed in the former life?
3: Well, not necessarily, but like for management, you know, management, managers work five days a week. And if there's two other days that they have to figure out who's going to run the place that takes away from, that spreads it out, you know? And so it's just, it's just a lot easier. Everybody works, the days are open and you know, no one's getting burnt out. And you have less fast. you know, you, you'd be surprised how hard it is to get someone to work Sunday. Yeah. You know, it's, it's,
1: <laughs> oh, I bet. it's really hard, really hard.
3: And so it just takes care of that problem for right now.
1: That's a nice thing. I think a lot of more restaurants yeah. are doing that where they're not going to. I think Sunday, Monday, Tuesdays are going to be one of those things like that. We're just not going to have a lot of restaurants
3: open. I think so, too. Do you see that, too, Isaac? Uh, Yeah, I mean, I I don't know what everyone else is doing. I know why we're doing it, and and it's really because of staffing. And plus, it's kind of nice to ease back into this a little bit. You know, um, we're—I don't know how busy we're going to be on June 1st, but it's—it's a little spooky and. and (laughs) (laughs) so it's nice to ease into it
1: i think you're gonna be hit hard (laughs) can you isaac can you
0: talk a little bit snack bar didn't seem like it was open very long before this whole pandemic went down so can you just reiterate what snack bar is and what you'll be serving when you open
3: snack bar is 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 a pizza place that has small plates um and we sell the pizza by the slice there's we sell whole pies and pizza by the slice, and a wide variety of ingredients that you can add to your slice or whole pizza. Um, the dough is a sourdough mix of uh, crust, and Yum. then a lot, Then the the um, small plates are Italian, you know, yeah. little things.
0: But elevated small plates, just for the record, I thought that that I went to snack bar once twice twice and it was just lovely and i'm excited to oh, go back because i feel like i didn't get to explore it as much as i wanted to
3: yeah well it's sad because we were just starting to really get going in yep. that place and then the pandemic came
1: <laughs> can i ask so, what are you guys do you i don't i i should have checked this before we ha- we got on the phone but i was wondering about the service charge and the tipping models and all that kind of stuff what are you guys implementing are you staying with the same tip model or are you doing something different
3: We are sticking with the plan. Yeah. Um, You know, I don't want to get into a debate about what's the best plan, but we like our plan. (laughs) Right, (laughs) right. Like the old school is the good school for you. Well, yeah. I mean, I think servers, you know, they want to make tips and we want servers to be happy and you know, we pay our coach a lot of money, so there's not a problem with, you know, people making more money than each other. And, and I don't, I mean, it's just a model that's always worked for us. I don't, I don't think we'll get the caliber of servers that we have or have had if we don't let them keep their tips.
1: Yeah. I agree. I think that that's definitely, I think it's interesting to see how it's going to shift Everybody's got out.
0: different feelings about it. I know they it, do. Yeah. And
1: I don't, I think every restaurant has to figure out what's going to work best for them. I don't think that there's one way that works for everybody. So I'm interested to see right. what your colleagues
3: do, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, I, yeah, I, we are raising our prices. I need to say that. Uh, yeah. Everyone needs to say everybody, that. Everybody, everybody's raising their prices, but we're not tacking on a, service charge okay and the
0: raising of the prices is primarily just inflation of food i would assume
3: well yeah inflation of everything i mean even even before the pandemic cost of operating had gone up a lot right and i was getting a lot of pushback on you know pricing and i just don't know what to tell people i mean you know the the amount of teledro we put on the pizza at a snack bar would cost you twenty bucks at a grocery store, right? And and you know, I don't to tell people, you know.
1: Do you feel that? Do you think that people are having? Are do you think that people? I guess it's hard because you've sort of been closed this whole time, and now you're coming back, and you're starting with the takeout, and so you're just starting to interact again with people on this transactional basis. But have you found that they are, you know, that they're pushing back right now, or is this more of like a like? Do you think that they've already started to change their mind about?
3: And I don't. I mean, we. It's going to be something we're. Not, I'm sure we're going to have to deal with. I, for some reason, I've always been labeled the bargain, bargain shop too, and that's going to. You know, it's been hard to navigate. Also,
1: you've been labeled as the bargain shop.
3: <laughs> yeah, everyone thinks everyone. You know, I, I. think we've been cheaper than everybody, and and I've. It's, that's hard to maintain. Hey.
1: Yeah, that's hard to undo, yeah. right? And it's yeah. Well, yeah,
3: it's hard, I, mean, that, that, you're, I mean, your reputation is a is a restaurant that's good value. Yeah, and then people don't think it is anymore. That's not great.
1: No, that's not great. And I think that there's something to say about you know I I do think that there's been over the past you know pandemic wise uh, people have sort of adjusted. I think maybe they're going to go out less. And they're going to be willing to pay yeah. more. I'm interested to see how that works out. Because I think with the shortening of hours, you know, necessarily there'll be less days. Um, and then, you know, it'll be interesting to see if they're willing to sit for longer because and pay more for those things because they haven't been able to. And how long that that works. I'm, I don't know how that's going to go.
3: Yeah, I, I really don't either. I mean, I, 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 I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see it. I don't think that. I mean, I, actually, Nancy and I have been meeting all morning discussing our pricing structure. And yeah, it's really, it's really nerve-wracking because you you have to balance, you know, providing a fair price, but also how are we going to make money?
1: Right. And right. It's just it's tricky. tough. It's a quandary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a yeah, lot. That's right. So, okay, Isaac, so everybody's open June 1st, and you're ready to go, and people, are you doing reservations? Like, people have to make reservations, or are you going to do kind of the walk-up thing again, or how, how are you feeling about it?
3: It'll be both reservations. You can call, you can make one online, or you can just walk in.
1: Okay, Great. All right, so we're going to post everybody's uh, access points, you know, all the good websites and stuff. Good luck. I mean, I'm excited to watch and see how it goes, and I'm excited to have some scrambled eggs for sure. And yes. Bar Lord knows, our people have been very ready for you to come back. So congratulations on coming back, and I guess good luck, right?
3: <laughs> well, th- thank you very much. I really appreciate it.
1: Yeah, anytime. Absolutely. All right,
0: we'll be right back. Friends, right, welcome back to The Weekly Dish. I'm Steph Hansen here with Steph Your March. friend. My friend, my good friend. Yep. Okay, someone sent us a funny question, Kay, and I'm going to ask you, Stephanie, because it mm-hmm. kind of pertains to you. She mm-hmm. said, Hey, crazy question. Early in the lockdown, Steph March did a video, Happy Hour, where she had a beverage fountain for fun. I laughed at the concept so hard when she pulled it off. And her da- she said, But my daughter now is turning 21 in a couple weeks, and I think it would be a blast to have one at a little party for her. Any suggestions as to what alcoholic beverage I could put in? I hear bubbles do not work well, and I hear juices like a margarita fountain would be a challenge, too. A Cosmo fountain, question mark? Any ideas? I think she would think a fountain is ridiculous, and that's why I love it so much.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> a fountain is a ridiculous, awesome thing. A Cosmo
0: fountain is so, like, 1999. I know. I love it.
1: I'm trying to think. Um, Yeah, I I definitely will tell you that the thinner the drink, the better it's going to go. Um, we have had, uh, I have done a lot of things in there and I think during the pandemic when I was doing those happy hour, shows, happy hour shows,
0: how many of these fountains do you have?
1: I only have one, but you clean it out and then it's ready to go. So it's what are so you easy. served in it? Um, I, well, it started as, and to give the shout out to Heather Manley because it was a crooked water, old fashioned, you know, a bottled cocktail, you just dump it in and it goes. Yeah. And we had it at burn party and she just left it at my house and now it's mine. So, <laughs> um, So, I would say that any bottled cocktail that's already ready to go is going to be your best idea. That's your best thing. It's thin enough, it's balanced enough. You don't have to worry about it. What's the new
0: Tattersall one?
1: That's a Cosmo. They have a Cosmo Blanco. So, they have. That'd be great. They could do an easy, clear, um, you know, that'd be kind of fun. Although, it looks a little bit like. Water, and that would be a little wor- worrisome. Uh, you just have to make sure that people also know that it is a boozy situation. But, right. Um, I have done everything from, um, yeah, Manhattan's in there. I did do bubbles once. I tried. It just, it gets kind of sticky and weird, I guess, is the thing. But, um, yeah, I've done a lot of things in there. And so I, I would just say the thinner the better. And then you just have to remember to make sure that it doesn't get uh on you have to just make sure that it's covered the whole time for the pump area okay you know like you can't let it get down to nothing you have to watch it would hard seltzer work do you think i don't think as good no that's the bubble thing is kind of weird in it it gets a little bit funky okay but um i would definitely do a i would definitely start with like a straight drink like a
0: straight cocktail i love it yeah that's fun okay i just texted Kay, so she should be all set yes okay all right we got some locals to love, stuff. You we had always, so much that you were covering in your feed this week.
1: We do. I know. And I haven't pulled it up yet. And I don't remember because I blank on it the minute I hit send. Um, okay. So I got to tell you. Oh, I didn't even leave a header for this time. Um, so anyway, let's talk about the fact that there are uh, there are new openings storm king brew pub and barbecue
0: is open in the north loop north loop in the old one fermentary right yes and i'm excited because it's jordan smith
1: of black sheep pizza and he's partnering up with grand rapids brewing and he is um you know basically they just opened a barbecue joint and i think it looks great and it looks like they've got the patio kick in and it's a it's a brew pub so not only can you have beer but you can have wine and they've got draft cocktails and everything i love it so i think that's great um, Cafe Series is Sean McKenzie's. Oh, I you know, did you go there? there? I think you did go I there. I Did and what yeah. did
0: I have? I had a delicious croissant. What was in it? Ham and cheese. Well, oh. she's got the babka.
1: She's got the Turkish bagel, which has that beautiful sesame yeah, bread. So good. I know. And so they're open in Armitage. She oh, she took over the formula. I had the ham and cheese. Okay. She took over the former Lucky Oven space which across is so from Colita.
0: They had the Easy Bake Ovens on yeah, the wall. Yeah, I hope she kept
1: those. Probably um, didn't. Probably. Kathy, yeah. Um, but anyway, Sean, is, they're open there, so you can do all your grabs. I'm thinking i want to go get some tahini carrot cake. Yum. That sounded so good to me, I couldn't stop thinking about it all day. Yum. I know. It's really great. Um, okay, so let's talk about Augustine's, which is coming to St. Paul. Yeah. Because that was another big thing that came out this week when we were talking about um What's happening over there is Lenny Russo. They brought on Lenny Russo to talk about, um, you know, to kind of help consult. I'm so glad because
0: to be honest, it was a real dud before. Well, it just was. I did love it. They didn't really, I think, know what they were. No, I will agree it with was you. Like, is it coffee shop? Is it wine bar? Like, what is it? Why it was would a I go? bar and
1: bakery, so it was bakery during the day and then it was a bar at night, which <sighs> is a hard mix because yeah, and
0: it was like. You ordered at the counter and then Yeah. yeah. Just I not think my that favorite. they Yeah.
1: And so basically they wanted to reconcept it and so they came back and they're doing sort of a neighborhood bistro. Which is perfect. Perfect. I think that's what people want. They yeah. want to like have a place they can go and sit down, place. have a dinner with their friends, and then that's it. And so what their big thing is is that they have decided that not only is it a no-tipping situation, Um, they're not going to have a tip line on the credit card that they are hiring everybody at $20 an hour plus benefits from the dishwasher to the server to everything. Hmm. So like we were just talking with Isaac Becker, you know, the thing is, is like some servers, you know, are going to want, they're going to make more money getting tips. And so those high level servers are not going to be up for this kind of employment. But some people who are looking for a more solid work week, who are looking for- Ellie Johnson- <laughs> yeah, we're like, right. getting
0: into the workforce, kid. Well, Here's like, a twenty dollar an hour job. Go yeah. for it.
1: And then, and also, you know, there's something to say about the fact that you're. I I talk about this, but like your Tuesday night is as lucrative as your Friday night. So you may be able to not have, you know, if you're if you have to miss something for your kids. A lot of people are like, well, I can't really miss Friday to go to my kids, you know, recital because that's the night that I have to work and make
0: the money right. for the rent. It's democratized,
1: yeah, a little bit. And so we're hoping that you know, and I know that these aren't like. You know, these jobs are, you know, maybe it's a six hour shift or seven hour. You know what I mean? It's maybe not as like as full paying, you know, maybe maybe it can't fully support your everyday life. Maybe there's some stuff that you can add on to it. I don't know. But I do do know for people who are looking for that kind of a gig that it's a good deal. Um, So then the other news was
0: Farmer's Kitchen and Bar is opening in north loop area and this is the minnesota farmers union is going to take this on on their own and have a little market in there i thought this was exciting yeah they're taking over the spoon river space in the mill district and i think that's really interesting
1: that they're doing this and you know they had originally partnered with birchwood and then it just you know they parted ways it just wasn't going to work the way that they thought they needed it to work and so they are doing this as a solo venture i'm interested they are bringing in a chef it's not like these are union officials working a restaurant Um, but these are the people who have run, you know, the Minnesota state fair
0: kiosk or the, the booth out there. So, I mean, you kind of get an idea. They kind of know what's up. Here's something interesting based on your last comment. $41,600 is what you would make at $20 an hour. How many hours a week though? 40. But
1: see, that's, I doubt this is not that. Like okay. a restaurant job for dinner only, uh, four days a week, and Good is point. not going to be that. Good point. Just to be clear, I just want to be fully out there
0: with everyone because you I did take say- a server comment because Shelby has called. In. Oh sure, have Shelby. Hi her. Shelby, uh, we'd love to hear your server comment. How you doing? Hi. So I
2: used to work the old school style tipping at restaurants, and had just started working at a place that does the equitable payment hospitality charge kind of tip pool situation Yeah, and it's working really really well. Um, I think that it gives restaurants the opportunity to kind of invest in their employees more Mm -hmm. um, by kind of investing in insurance and maybe bonus incentives and it's been it's been great to kind of have that you know not being exploited and waiting for people to determine how much money you make that night.
1: I think that's a huge mental health thing too. Like you have to sit there and hope that you've just rung up all of this, you know, this huge bill for these people. And now you're basically waiting to see if they think, well, that's already enough. And should I give her this money? You know, I think there's a huge piece of that.
2: Yeah, definitely. And just the, just knowing that like everyone's kind of making the same amount of money and you know, it's just, it seems so much more sensible after the year that we've had. So yeah. I'm all for it. I think it's working. Um, and I hope that other places are able to figure it out, too.
0: This is great. I love hearing you. that point of view.
1: I do, too. And that's the thing that I know a lot of people are worried. And I think that we need more workers telling that story, if it's working for you, if it's not working for you. Like, I would like to know those things. So and send me a
0: note. Beauty of the world, people, is its choice, right? So right? we have a lot of choices now.
1: Wow. Are there a and lot of choices? choices? You can work pretty
0: much anywhere right now. Yes, you sure can. I know. If I say Ellie Johnson, is that too much? A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> you have to lay off. She graduates tomorrow, <laughs> I so I need He's to give her some space. there, right? You know, I'm a terrible, over-controlling mother. You are.
1: Um, quickly, Art of Worlds, this weekend, it's happening. It's happening yeah, in the Northeast. I'm going, okay, going so to go. My look friend at some Kai Aaron's is in town. Um, Nixta is doing tacos. You know, uh, there's some good stuff at Solar Arts, so you can check out Indeed Brewing. There's also the Songkran Festival, which is the Thai New Year in that St. Louis Park. so good. That's a really great fun thing to do. Lake Phelan Food Truck Park is opening this weekend, Ooh. opening today. So there's a bunch of food trucks out of Lake Phelan, which is a perfect day for that if you want to go hang it out. And Travail uh, was doing a parking lot party, and I don't know if they've sold.